Hi everybody and welcome to our very first episode of Fun with Procurement. I'm your host Darren Kilford and I'm part of the digital experience team here at 2x2. This episode is sponsored by our friends over at Freedom Media who help organizations communicate clearly their message both internally and externally. I'm joined today with our speakers and self-confessed recruitment geeks Robert Kizik and Nathan Swinney. Rob is a proud father of two young boys and he loves adding value to people's lives. He is the founder and CEO of 2x2 and he set up 2x2 to help churches, schools and charities and organizations save money and really fulfill their missions. Nathan Swinley has been working in the procurement sector for 19 years, helping businesses and schools and uh, public and private sector organizations. Nathan's like a stick of rock that you buy at the seaside that rots your teeth. But if you were to cut Nathan open, it would say procurement all through him. So I'm really glad that you've joined us this morning. Looking forward to today's episode. And today's episode is on the topic of isn't procurement just buying stuff? But before we dive into that, I've got a really important question for you both. Tea or coffee? Nathan? Oh, that's a really difficult question, that Darren. Depends on the mood, depends on the weather. So if it's a hot day, and then I'll go for a tea, preferably an iced tea. And if it's a cold day, I like a nice warming mocha. Something frothy and chocolatey, I think. Brilliant. And Rob? Yeah, interested, Nathan. For me, actually, it's probably neither. So I'm actually, I'm one of those weird people that doesn't drink tea or coffee, particularly if it's a really, really cold day, then I might drink tea. But my my favourite warm tipple would be a hot chocolate, complete oh, probably nice. with marshmallows and cream. And if my wife's not looking, probably a flake as well. Oh, get in there. Brilliant. Good stuff, guys. So as, as I said, that this episode is about, isn't procurement just buying stuff? So often when I'm asked what I do, I say I work for a procurement company and then I have to try to explain the best I can what procurement is. I'm sure it's the same throughout your careers. You've probably been asked a lot what procurement is and isn't procurement just buying stuff. So Rob, I'll go to you and just ask, how, how do you or how have you answered that question in the past? Yeah, it's a good question, Darren, I think. And I, I think there is, there's a clear distinction between purchasing and procurement. And I think a lot of people associate procurement with what they do in their everyday lives. So it's, you know, I, I go and buy the shopping or I go and I want to buy a car and I think, okay, I need to buy a car. Where am I going to buy a car from? And, and that really is not procurement. That's more purchasing and, and purchasing is more of a transactional thing. And it's, it's a placement of the order effectively around the requirement that you've got. So whether that's the food in your in your daily shopping or your weekly shopping, or whether that's maybe in, in an organization, whether it's buying your utilities, it's the purchasing bit is, is the bit where you're actually doing the ordering of, of your utilities. Procurement is is much wider than that. And procurement really looks at right from the start, what is the need and what is the thing that you actually need? How does that fit within your your organization in terms of your wider organizational strategy and then right the way through the process from identifying that need through to identifying the suppliers that you might require to be working with to provide that need and then right through to actually the buying the purchasing bit the ordering bit and then through to the delivery of that service or that product and then beyond that into the contract management and the review of that as well. So it's a it's a much broader thing, I think, procurement than, than purchasing. Do you agree with that, Nathan? 
I do. Yeah. Do you know, I was just thinking what Darren was saying, 19 years in procurement. I think I've spent 19 years trying to explain what I do for a living. And that's just to my wife. So <laughs> yes, I think procurement is a lot more, I want to say the word complex. It doesn't have to be complex, but I think it's intricate compared to purchasing and it requires a lot of organization, a lot of planning. So everything from, uh, as I used to say, you know, people buy everything from baked beans to bridges. And really the process is the same. We just don't often realize we're doing it, which is exactly what you said, Rob. We've got to identify the need. We've got to research what it is that we're buying. We've got to understand the specification, as we call it. So that's the description of what we're buying. We've got to research who are the suppliers and who could fulfill that requirement to your specification. And then it's about going through that process of seeking quotations or tenders or getting prices. And that could just be a single price through a catalog, or it could be right through to a, a complex tender process with lots of evaluation. We've got to go through then a, a process of deciding which is the best supplier that's going to meet that need. And that could be through a combination of understanding whether it's the right price or whether it's the right quality or a combination of the both. It's then about awarding a contract and whose terms is that contract on? Is it on the supplier's terms? Is it on our terms as a buyer? And then it's about seeking that delivery of that those goods or those services and then managing that contract, managing that purchase. And then at the very end, a lot of times we forget about this, but it's about disposal of that product or those goods or, or the end of life, as we call it. And we, we call that whole process the procurement cycle. That's the, the whole life process of a procurement. So uh, it is much more than just the buying bit, but we don't realize we're doing that, you know, particularly when you go out and do your weekly grocery shop. Hopefully everyone has a list. Never go to the shop when you're hungry. That, that's the first rule. You should have a list and that list should indicate what sort of things you're looking to purchase and uh, obviously the quality when you need it, etc. And right through to obviously taking that home and the delivery of that, et cetera. So procurement is something that we do. We just don't realize we're doing it, but there's a lot more to it than just buying. I think it's a really interesting in terms of that whole cycle, the whole procurement cycle, I think is, is something which often people, they miss bits out of. And I think it's important that you do look at the whole process. That's where for me, procurement is that differentiator between procurement and purchasing is procurement is, is also set in that procurement cycle within the context of your organization. So it's saying, okay, well, actually, you know, it's not just looking at, at the item in its kind of in isolation, the thing that you're buying, whereas product or service in isolation of, of the need of that, it's engaging that wider organizational requirement and looking at, you know, what's the strategic importance. And we talk about with procurement and purchasing, particularly we talk about the, you know, the, the five rights of kind of right time, uh, right quality, right place, right quantity, right price. But uh, in terms of that kind of wider kind of context of procurement, it's you can have all of those things, mm. but actually it might not still be the right fit for your organization. Yeah. And I think that's where procurement is really about strategically fitting in and getting the best value yeah. out of the money that you've got as an organization yeah. to spend rather than just yeah. about purchasing for a one-off need. There's an awful lot of pressure on organizations and, and particularly people where procurement, you know, forms part of their responsibility. And we work with a lot of people who actually their core competence is not procurement. 
it just happens yeah. to be on their desk and they've got to be able to manage sometimes some complex high value high risk contracts so take something like school catering as an example you know you got a a business manager who or a school business manager who's who's dealing with an awful lot you know it's, it's a very complex job and then all of a sudden you know they're, they're landed with the need to re-procure a, a major contract which which has implications across you know so many different uh, risks you know in terms of the children in terms of the service you know it's got the potential to close a school so you know i think procurement as you rightly said rob is strategic and a lot of people often underestimate the amount of work it can take but we don't want that to scare people you know that's the important thing we don't want people to feel worried or or scared about that they just need to be able to plan it and that's the best advice we can give and that's the difference between purchasing and procurement procurement is about planning it's about seeing what's coming down the road it's about understanding what the need is before you get to the point where you you desperately have that need and it's about getting that advice and that's where we we can help that's brilliant guys just picking up on kind of one one thing we we talked about some of the the processes there are some of the processes different depending on whether it's private or public sector rob yes they are in terms of they're obviously uh, public contract regulations 2015 governs how public procurement should be done within the within the uk obviously in the process of, of exiting uh, the eu and and revising the the rules and regulations around how we do procurement there's a big review going on at the moment in, the, in around public procurement and how it how it should be done um, differently or better for the uk going forward so there are definitely different rules but i think the principles should still apply yeah. good procurement should still think be looking at how do you achieve best value for your organization and that effectively brings in a number of different areas so yes cost is, is one of those but also i think it's we're seeing an increasing um, requirement in both the private sector alongside the public sector for things like social value and environmental impact to mm. be key drivers of decision making when, when it comes to procurement and what goods we procure so a lot of the principles whilst the law might be different that kind of governs them both actually the principles are very similar i think between the two and we see quite often when we work in the charity sector we see organizations that are um, sometimes part of their funding is public funding so they have to deal with that aspect of it and have to go through public procurement processes when they're procuring. And then other aspects of what they're buying is, is funded in a different way, maybe through donations, et cetera, and private donations. And therefore they don't have to do public procurement for that. And quite often that can be a challenge when you're in the charity sector, you're trying to work out, well, do public regulations apply or do they not? And, and that's certainly an area we found can be confusing within procurement that we provide support in. I would agree with that, Rob, but it's, it's getting the, the balance right. The, one of the things to, to consider are the risks are slightly different between public and private. So you mentioned public sector is, is heavily legislated and rightly so because it, it's effectively spending taxpayers' money. I think in terms of public sector, there's greater risk of legal non-compliance and there's a challenge risk. So in terms of not being in accordance with the public contract regulations can result in, in a legal challenge to a procurement. Now, that only really applies to high value procurements above certain thresholds, but certainly, you know, the risk is, is very real and we're seeing an increase in organisations receiving procurement challenges and not knowing how to handle those. In the private sector, you know, the risk is more commercial. So, you know, it doesn't have that legal requirement as such, but there are greater risks around loss of opportunity, loss for 
potential savings, loss of commercial, you know, benefits from procurement. So they both equally apply, but I think there's a there's more of a risk on the public sector when it comes to that legal challenge. That's I would great. agree with that, Nathan. I do think in terms of that differentiator between the two, it's definitely in the private sector. The, the public sector, I guess, to a certain extent, the need of the process drives you towards the procurement process so you have the, your financial compliance practices within a public sector organization which will determine you have to go through a public pro- procurement process for certain products of certain values as you said it's definitely that missed opportunity i think in the private sector i think that's where where we find when we engage with mm-hmm. private sector organizations it's very often they tend to be much larger before they start to think about professional procurement because yeah. there isn't that driver, that legal driver that's forcing them to do that. And quite often that means there's sizable opportunities in, you know, in, in, in the SME market in particular to be able to really add value mm. by putting professional procurement support into those organizations. Just as you guys were, were speaking, I was trying to think how this might apply to a, a small business or, or a kind of medium-sized charity. Now, you said one of the important things that's a differentiator between just purchasing and procurement is is planning what steps can a a small business or a kind of small to medium size charity organization take in planning could you describe a little bit of what that process might look like and uh yeah nathan would you mind um fielding that one first Oh, it's great to be chosen first, Darren. That's lovely. So in terms of the the, the planning stage, I, hey, we recognize small businesses, you know, uh, small, medium charities. It's impossible to have a dedicated procurement resource. That's We understand that. And uh, obviously, you know, it's going to take some time to, to be able to, to do it, but it's well worth the time. So in terms of that process, I think really it's about gathering as much information as possible. It's about data. So where are you spending? Who, who are your contracts with? Simple things like just having a, we call it a contract register, a list of all your contracts. When do those contracts start? When do they end? What's their value? Who are the suppliers? You know, what are the terms? What's the, the termination periods? Is there any notice that you need to be able to give? And, you know, we do this at home. You know, if your car insurance is up for renewal, you want to have at least a, a few weeks to, to seek alternative quotes. At least I hope you do. So, you know, in a small business, one of the simple things you can do to start planning better procurement is gathering that information. It's about visibility of spend. It's then about looking at, obviously, what are the opportunities for improvement and where are the risks? So if you've you've got a large spend as an organisation and it's not under contract, that means, you know, you've not got a supplier that's on a fixed term contract or some sort of formal contract where you've got protections, where you've got you know, specifications laid down where you've got things like monitoring of that supplier key performance indicators, that sort of thing, then that can be a risk. And I think it's about identifying where are the gaps in the spend where you need to formalize that spend. But I would say you only need to do that in the first instance for your top, you know, 20 spends as an organization. You know, we can't, there's no need to do it for everything. It's about understanding who are your top spends where are your top spends and which suppliers are they with and are they under contract? And that that's a great place to start is just mapping that out. And then from that, you've got enough information and data to start planning a forward procurement plan, which means this contract's coming up for renewal next year. How long do we need to, to spend to re-procure it? 
You know, some contracts might take longer to procure than others. Some of them might be a quick quote and therefore it can be turned over in a couple of weeks. Some of them might require something more formal like a tender process. And therefore, you know, it might need a bit of a longer lead time in terms of procuring that. And that's especially true if it's a public sector organization where you've got minimum timescales that apply to seek tenders. So, so I think forward planning is, is really important. Yeah, I'd agree with that, Nathan. Uh, and I think for me, small businesses and small charities, the biggest enemy is of that process is time and a lack of time. Yeah. Most small businesses, small organizations, small charities that we talk to, they are busy trying to deliver the thing that's kind of ignited their passion for doing what they're doing. So if, if you're a small charity that's working with homeless, you know, vulnerable housed people, you're going to be passionate about doing that. And that's where you're going to want to spend your time. If you're a, a business that's looking to launch a new product, that's what you're passionate about. That's where you're going to be spending your time. And I think really, it, I think your point there around the kind of 20%, the 80-20 rule is, is the classic one, isn't it? Where you, you can extract kind of 80% of your, the value from looking at the 20% of your top spend kind of, kind of items. And I think time is a, is a big challenge for, for small organizations. And it's about that prioritization piece. How many organizations, you know, and we, we see it in our domestic life, you know, I think there's a statistic, something like 15 or 20% of people have ever switched their energy um, online. Mm. And you think, well, that's nuts. Because if you look at all of the marketing and all the advertising that says, you know, switch and you can save 250 quid or 300 quid or whatever the amounts are through the various comparison mm. sites. Actually, the fact that hardly any people, only you know, one in five maybe have actually done that, tells you it's not because people don't want time. Because if somebody said, well, for half an hour, I can give you 300 pound, most people would do it. But it is mm. that it's a little bit of time. It's a little bit of this is a bit confusing. I'm not quite sure how to do it. I'm not quite sure you know, how easy it's going to be, what information I need. And I think if you just take that first step for smaller businesses, focus on those big spends, say, right, okay, what can I do with those? Are there some real quick wins? Like, you know, actually I've got contracts which have run out of contract. And actually if I'd renewed those or, or, you know, found somewhere else, I could save some money there. So it is looking at what quick wins are there that are available, but small businesses are are notoriously difficult and small charities because of that time. So it's how do you overcome that barrier? Contracts register is a great idea, yeah. really simple, really easy way of, of keeping on top of that and trying to identify where you can get that, that best value in the quickest and, and shortest time possible. We've yet to work with a, an organization, even a small organization where we haven't identified savings. And that's as a result of, uh, you know, contracts that have just rolled over and rolled over and rolled over or, or spends that have never been sort of competed in terms of gone out for, for multiple quotes. You know, it's simple things. But as Rob said, it's really important. Just start somewhere. You know, it's, it's like it's a bit like my diet. Sometimes I just have to start. You know, I can talk about it. I can think about it. That's not going to help me lose weight. I just need to start. And that's the same rule that apply here. The other really important thing is, is someone needs to take responsibility, you know, and I think having someone as, uh, and they don't have to be a procurement professional, you know, we're not expecting that in a small organization or a small charity, but having someone assigned to that, having someone take ownership of that is, is really important. And, you know, that, that often can be someone in finance or it can be someone, you know, an office manager or an administration person, just someone who takes responsibility for that is really key because procurement's a classic one where everybody thinks everybody else is doing it. 
And, you know, there's no one ever that seems to take responsibility. And what then happens is you have a lot of duplication. Well, you know, I've, I've got this stationary supplier. Oh, I've got a stationary supplier. And what happens is, you know, you've got two departments that have two contracts for one organization. Whereas if you if you were so simply to, to centralize that and have one person looking at it, you know, you could economize, you can aggregate that spend and, and get much better terms, much better pricing as a result of that. So start somewhere. And the classic one is things like stationary utilities, you know, very easy, you know, lots of competition, you know, there's lots of routes to market, as we say, you know, the so easily can get quotes and, and it's a case of then just consolidating that and working from there. Yeah, I think on on that, I think one of the one of the key things whenever I talk to people about procurement and put and, and purchasing is 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 why do you want to do it better? So, and it comes back to this kind of procurement being a strategic piece and, and thinking about, okay, well, as an organization, as a business, as a charity, why should doing good procurement matter? Mm. And, and, and ultimately good procurement is an enabler of your mission. Um, and we talk, you know, talk to, when we talk to small businesses and, and, and SMEs and we, we say, well, you know, you could manage your costs in terms of how you improve your profitability, you can increase your costs potentially you, know, you can increase your sales by 50 60 percent that's one way that's going to take money it's going to take time it's, it's there's risk associated with it or you could potentially have the same impact by just reducing your costs by between five and ten percent people go oh really and you go yeah actually it is it is you know if you're taking money out of your bottom line effectively out of your costs you know, good procurement will enable you to grow quicker and the same on the charity side yeah. if you're talking to a charity about their mission it's you know if you want funds if you're trying to raise funds that can be really difficult really challenging for a charity mm. but actually if you manage your procurement well you you can reduce significantly the amount of funds you need to raise and when you're trying to find people who are you know, with, particularly in a smaller organization, you've got people who are multitasking, they've got, you know, got heads that are in multiple different roles. I think it's important to say, you know, actually to link what you're doing from a procurement perspective to the mission and the output of your organization, whether that's a business or a charity or, or a school, you know, the school business managers. I think if people can see that kind of thread, I, kind of talk, I talk about the kind of golden thread that runs between the person who's buying or the need to buy and the delivery of your mission mm. and your your strategic objectives as an organization yeah. it it enables it it excites people it energizes people and it gets them more interested in in focusing on those things and saying actually there is real value in us procuring well um, and i think that's that can almost be a little bit of a mind shift within an organization um, if you can link that yeah. procurement into the into the strategy as well yeah there's some great examples you know we we We've seen, you know, schools that have tried to raise funds through donations from parents, from, you know, sponsorship of, of events and things like that, just because they want to invest in some new equipment for their school. When actually, yeah. you know, if they were to revisit their stationery or their photocopier contract is the classic one, you could raise similar, if not more money by uh, renegotiating that then then having to organize you know and and actually in some cases spend money trying to raise money you know it's it's one of those scenarios so so i think start somewhere you know start somewhere is is the best advice that's brilliant nathan just following up on that then um you you mentioned earlier a few categories um when you look at a uh, a 
business or an organization are there certain kind of categories that you kind of would would start with because either they're very they're in a very competitive market therefore you might get a better deal or there's always room for Mm. more negotiation on certain contracts just just give um give our listeners a little bit of a of a hint on several contracts or um areas of spend that they they should start to to look at sure yeah and and there's some classic categories which which um basically yeah um apply to to almost any sector public private you know yes i've mentioned things like office supplies i've mentioned things like uh, mfds multifunctional devices some of which are amazing aren't they you know they do everything almost like make a cup of tea as well um you know we've got utilities gas electric water in some cases oil um you know if it's if it's a rural school for example Things like furniture can be can be a hidden cost as well. You know, you've got business services, things like HR, payroll, you know, the, the list goes on. I think that one of the exciting things about procurement is that, you know, there's always, you know, room for improvements. You know, there's always potential for uh, improvements in quality and, and, and improvements in price. That, but those categories often are, you know, something that we, we can compete really well um, you know, there's lots of supplies out there, lots of potential uh, opportunities to to seek alternative quotes, alternative terms. And in the current climate, in the current economy, you know, there's there's businesses are are desperate to win business. You know, and and I think suppliers particularly are, are keen to 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 win business. So you know, now is a great time actually to to start thinking about some of those those spends. Um, and and they're great places to start because a lot of those are, are reasonably low risk as well. So you know we don't we, you don't want to start with something that's going to be you know a major high risk. It's got the potential to shut down your business. You know if it's a core component and you're a small manufacturing business, you know you, you need to tread carefully with that sort of procurement. But something like energy and utilities is very easily transferred and very easily dealt with in terms of of re-procuring that and 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 as rob say can have a great impact on on the bottom line in terms of saving cost that's brilliant nathan rob i have a question for you that you touched on um earlier as as well um sometimes it can sound like yeah you're just trying to get the best deal from from the supplier that's that's possible but um from your experience it's, it's not just all about the saving is there um things that you can negotiate into contracts with with suppliers striking up that partnership that can result in added social value and even furthering uh, the enabling of, of organizations missions yeah absolutely there is Darren I think procurement as you as you go on a procurement journey as an organization and kind of and and, and become better at it it's almost like procurement become the kind of what you can get out of it is like an onion so on the kind of outer layer of an onion you kind of you look at cost so kind of everyone's first think you know thought when they think about well let's procure better generally is how do we get something cheaper but you know, procurement is about best value and about where that where you know what best value looks like is different for every organization so i think there are definitely things beyond cost we talk about you know the, certainly from an environmental perspective you know you can build in um kind of environmental credentials and requirements so you know uh, Nathan's talked about utilities. 
clearly there's a massive shift in the in, in globally um, towards uh, net zero um, objectives. Um, and you know, a number of the clients that we work with have have shifted. Even they've had objectives of kind of net zero twenty fifty, um, but they've now shifted that and, and brought that forward to net zero twenty thirty. As that's taken more priority. So, looking at utilities, you could look at you know, are we moving to renewables? Um, and then there's different levels of renewables you can look at as well. So, you know, and then you can go well. Actually, do we want to um, buy? utilities from somewhere else or actually do we want to produce it ourselves and then you know there's a there's a whole journey there that you can take um, people on around not just buying energy but actually being a provider of energy through solar panels or um, ground source heat pumps and, and various different mechanisms for that so i think environmental is definitely an aspect social value i think is is an area where people are are really kind of in the certainly in the last kind of 15 years or so have started to wake up to um Trying to remember, Nathan will correct me. I think it's 2012. Social social value started to really get yeah. come into public sector um, procurement, um, and we've seen in in Wales the Future Generations Act, uh, the Wellbeing and Future Generations Act, which is all about how do you build in social value um, to protect future generations through better procurement. Mm. Um, so you can look at, and that that could be from jobs and employment. So um, does this um, particular um, procurement that we're requiring in create new jobs and if those are new jobs what are those new jobs what levels of skills are they are they is it creating apprenticeships for example um, but Nathan talks uh, about the kind of different kind of proportionality and the and the kind of appropriateness of what you're building in to your procurement requirements to the value of the actual spend itself so you wouldn't for example want to build in the requirement for you know, three new apprentices um, if you were buying, uh, you know, a 10,000, spending 10,000 pounds on photocopiers, um, you know, it needs to be proportional. It needs to be appropriate to what, to, and, and it needs to be relevant to, mm -hmm. to what you're, you're actually buying. But I think social value is definitely, you know, you know, there's an environmental layer to that onion. There's a, there's a social value layer to that onion. Um, and then I think there is, as we talk to a lot of organizations at the moment, they are saying, um, this kind of mix between national and local. And part of that is wrapped up within social value, um, but part of it, and, and that kind of supporting that local environment, that local community in which you're in which you're working or, or living and existing. Um, so I think there is a definitely a local and a national that that gets tied in as well, and as part of procurement, you need to think about how much of your money do you want to be spending as a as a in, a, in your local community. Certainly, organisations in the public sector have to take that into consideration, and I think we're seeing more and more. Um, charity and private sector organisations considering that as well. I love that analogy, that, that onion. That's just so true. Um, yeah, oh, Darren, this is why you know I work in procurement. It, it's not just about saving money. You know, that's that's one of the great sort of um, you know uh, uh, mysteries about procurement. People think oh, it's just about saving money, isn't it? Well, no, it isn't. There's so much more to that. It's about improving the quality. It's getting better commercial terms. It's about better relationships with suppliers and, and ultimately that's what it is it's about relationships and you know i get great job satisfaction from from seeing improvements and let me let me give you a really good example so so school catering you know yes cost is really important and you know believe me we know that schools are really struggling with with cost so so that that's a really important factor when procuring you know quality of food absolutely essential you know service delivery trained staff you know decent equipment you know, uh, selections on menus, all these things are really important. 
Um, I've worked with schools before where they've also built in things like school class class visits to to food producers. So they've taken some kids to 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 visit a farm to see where you know some of the vegetables are grown. So they so there's so many layers to 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 what you can achieve through procurement, and that's a great example because you know I've got kids at school. I want to know that they're getting a really good meal, that they've been served well, that it's healthy, nutritious. You know, it's not just about cost. It's about all manner of different things. And a good procurement process will take account of all that and and and, and see it. And this is why we go back to the first point, why you need to plan. Because if you leave that to a week before your contract runs out, what are you going to do? You're going to rush it. You're just going to say, we'll just have what we've already got or you know, we'll try and, uh, you know, actually, we just want to try and reduce the cost. And and you'll result in something that, that could have been so much better and could have delivered so much more. So I think procurement has so many layers to it um, and, and so many opportunities uh, to improve. Mm -hmm. and, that, and that's what makes it fun, which is what this is about. Absolutely. It is. Absolutely. Just on on that, I think the one of the things that we found is that there are the kind of tangible benefits um, of, of good procurement and there are kind of the slightly less tangible ones which are saving time i think is a big one um and i think quite often good procurement can save organizations an awful lot of time both unpick it from unpicking the mess of bad procurement um but also actually the, a good procurement process is a more efficient process and so you actually save time in the, in the procurement itself the other aspect of that is buying with confidence. And we talk about enabling you know, organizations to be able to buy with confidence when we work with them. That is not to be underestimated, particularly when you're dealing with smaller organizations who don't maybe have a professional procurement person in post. It's amazing how much the weight and responsibility of um, having that money to spend sits on people, particularly in charities where there may be volunteers or, or you know part-time staff. And they've got this budget and they're thinking, well, how do I get best value? How do I make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm doing this in the right way? So I think there's, there are um, that soft benefits as well to good procurement around um, enabling people to be able to buy with confidence and, and save them time. Okay, so for our final question, what are the long-term benefits of improving the procurement process as an organization? And so what I wanna do is, um, split this up a little bit to to yourselves uh rob and nathan so nathan i would like you to think about that for a public um entity and rob if you could think think about that question for a a, a private entity um and really kind of let, let's think in terms of three to five years what what would be the long-term benefits that you would expect uh, an organization to see by doing really good mature procurement process so let's start with nathan yeah so uh, public sector we've already touched on the um legal requirements public contract regulations 2015 i think you know one of the the the, the key long-term benefits there is is showing compliance with that um, and uh, being accountable for that because obviously public uh, procurement is very much about transparency. You know, we've got freedom of information that, that can be requested at any time on spends. So I think that that reassurance, that, that, um, that sort of um, assurance around that uh, it is compliant is one of the long-term benefits and it removes that sort of 
that that heavy scrutiny, you know, and and the potential for for heavy auditing around procurement. I think reduced risk is is another um, huge opportunity there, particularly in the public sector, particularly where you've got so many um, people that it impacts. Um, and so, if, again, if we take a school as an example, it's not just the it's not just the school itself, the staff, it, it, it's the pupils, it's the it's the families of pupils that are affected. So so I think in terms of the risk profile of procurement and, you know, again, take school catering as a classic example, you know, having that surety over over a, a, a strategic procurement plan, ensuring that that's been managed well, reduces the risk of, of issues uh, down the line and um, potential messy contracts that, that need to be unpicked and, and costly costly contracts uh, better relationships better supplier relationships is is another great um, uh, example particularly within public sector so again we want to be able to work with with suppliers well and and having confidence in our procurement and making sure that that procurement's run transparently it's run efficiently makes for a better supplier experience as well when they're bidding and, and tendering for things and and yeah it goes without saying obviously better cost control better quality of, of goods and services. So I do think that there's a lot of crossover, but I think the biggest one for, for the public sector is that assurance over, over compliance with, with legislation. And, and then ultimately, public sector by its nature, you know, is there for the, you know, its strategic objectives is, is there for the wider good of society, you know, as schools, hospitals, local authorities, it's, it's all about serving the community. And again, the long-term benefits of good procurement is that it will contribute to that mission. As as Rob touched on earlier, it's about ensuring that procurement delivers, that having good contracts, good suppliers, well thought out specifications, you know, it's delivering quality, it's it's delivering value for money, um, you know, that will contribute to the to the objectives of that public sector organization, which in turn provides value for money and and good quality for um the community that it's that it's serving so many darren we, we could do hours on this <laughs> literally i'm sure i'm sure and i know you could talk for hours on, <laughs> on this i've been in many meetings where uh, where you have so um thanks um rob over over to you how how you know that long-term improvement of the procurement process in in the kind of private sector yeah i, th I think there is a a lot of crossover between the public and the private sector in terms of the benefits over kind of three to five years as nathan said cost cost is is definitely there i think you know control of risk is is, is important um but i think there are there there is a, a one of the key differentiators i think between the private sector and the public sector is you tend to get into a cycle in the public sector of retendering every three years four years for a particular product or service and and if actually that's strategically important to you um in the private sector being able to build relationships longer term relationships um, with organizations that are aligned to your thinking aligned to your kind of objectives as a strategic objectives as a, as a business i think that's something which doesn't quite it still hasn't quite been got right in the public sector um, so that's that's an absolute advantage of, the, of doing it in the private sector i think there are um from a from a kind of cost perspective um I think the the flexibility um, within the private sector to be able to kind of change your values and as you grow as an organization, be able to think about where your procurement thresholds are and and how much you apply and how much work you put into your procurement as you grow is important because I think there are some within the public sector because there's clear thresholds of what you need to do at certain levels. 
that can be quite stifling for smaller organizations. So um, you have to put a lot of time and effort and resource into procuring when actually you might not be that big an organization. That flexibility that you can build in over three to five years as you grow, um, I think is, is an important one. And I think the other area for me in the private sector, which again is probably uh, a stronger um, kind of preference than, than you get in the in the public sector is the ability to collaborate. It does feel like in the private sector, whilst there are competitive barriers, um, there are more opportunities potentially to collaborate around procurement. And, and you see that with uh, a number of kind of the, the kind of specific industries where they will get together and work on um, particular products. Um, we've done some work in uh, in the automotive sector, looking at energy and energy procurement mm-hmm. and how organizations that are effectively working they might be competitors on on a day to day basis, but actually by coming together, they can create value for each other. Um, and so, I think there are more opportunities, and it, and it's probably less barriers to being able to collaborate. And certainly, as you're thinking three years, five years down the line, as you're looking to add value with your procurement, and and really become more strategic in your procurement thinking as an organisation, collaboration and how you can work with other organisations to start to extract greater value uh, is definitely something I think is a, is a strength in the private sector. Brilliant. Rob, Nathan, I want to thank you for joining uh, me on this episode uh, today. It's been great having having you. Um, some really interesting insights about the difference between just purchasing and procurement. And um, I feel like I've learned a lot about um, how sh- how important it is for organisations to be thinking about procurement and strategically planning um, for maturity in, in their procurement processes. So again, I just want to thank you for, for sharing those, those insights. And um, yeah, I think you're going to be joining us for, um, on our next episode as well. So I'll be looking forward to that. Yeah, I can't wait. Um, that sounds great. Yeah. Yep, yep, it's going to be thank fun you. again. Fun with procurement. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and I want to thank you, uh, you guys, for for watching and, and listening. We've prepared some great resources uh, for you. There'll be links in the show notes, and you can also go to two by two dot com forward slash podcast. One of the resources that we'll be um, sharing with you as. Uh, both Rob and Nathan mentioned a great small step to, to starting on a procurement journey is a contract register. Now we have a great online tool um, that is free to use. You can sign up and get access to that tool. Uh, but we're, we're also provide a, a simple Excel spreadsheet uh, to get you started as well. So you'll find those links in the show notes. Um, we're also put links uh, where you can uh, connect with Rob and Nathan on social media. So again, thanks for joining us. Uh, We hope you found it helpful and um, we look forward to seeing you next time. I'm Darren Kilford and thanks for listening. See you then.